stay at home on nine to five, raising your babies with joy and pride. A real ass mom, your real ass mom, taking care of business. Ooh, girl, you're resilient. Cause you're a real ass mom, a real ass mom. Welcome to the Real Mama Pod. Real ass moms sharing real ass experiences. The things people don't tell you. Hey, mama. Hey. Hey, mama. What's up? We have a guest. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I feel like that's expected every episode. It's like, oh, I wonder what guests they're going to have this week. Yeah, what they talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so we have my dear friend, uh, Kelsey McKenzie, and funny story about us and how we met so her husband is my childhood best friend so Kevin and I became friends when we were in eighth grade he was actually my first friend him and Mimo we were all from up north and we kind of like clicked clicked instantly because we were like what is going on in Florida (laughs) and so (laughs) don't do us like that it that was the time where fashion was like really discrepant okay we would get things (laughs) Way before it hit Florida. And so we would have like the latest J's and all this stuff. And everybody's just like catching up. Anyway, so (laughs) Kevin and I, we did eighth grade together. We did high school together. We did college together. And now we're doing like life together because he's the pastor of our church, Rise Up Church. And And this is the church plant that you talked about in one of our episodes last year, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. yes. So Kelsey and I naturally became closer because my relationship with Kevin, I just absolutely adore her. Like, she's like one of the sweetest people I know. Mm-hmm. One, she's a mom of five kids. Yeah. <laughs> just, you gotta be sweet. So, that's one. Five. That's one. I'm not even finished. She did a home birth with all her kids. All really? five of them. I don't think I knew that. Yes, all yeah. natural home birth. But all, and then y'all, she homeschools all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. <laughs> all of them. So. <laughs> Like when I say I admire and adore her and she's just so gentle with her kids, with my kids, because, you know, they're a little rambunctious and she's always so just like this loving spirit and always so open and we have great dialogue. So I was like, girl, we got to get you on this podcast. Are you down? And she was like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, so, Kelsey. Now we have Kelsey. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Kelsey, tell us a little bit about you. What, how, well, you have, I guess, five journeys or just let's start. How, who was your journey to motherhood? Like, what did that look like for you? So I always wanted to be a mom growing up. Mm-hmm. You know how a lot of people plan their wedding and yeah. all that. I never thought about it. So I don't know what I thought the plan was, but I didn't think about getting married. I always wanted to have kids. Mm-hmm. And so I did end up getting married, Mm -hmm. um, and he's wonderful, Mm -hmm. but there was a point where I was like, it's just time to have kids, and so I have five kids, Mm -hmm. and like Devin said, I had a home birth with all of them, which was beautiful, and I had the same midwife for all of them, which I'll just forever be grateful for her, because I needed that support, (laughs) Um, so, and then with each kid, so we had our first, and every time we got pregnant, it, it was kind of like, I think it's time. I would literally mm-hmm. say this, and you know Kevin would be like, oh, are you sure? And I'm like, <laughs> it's time. And then we would get pregnant, but after number four, 
which was um, my first boy, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, we weren't sure. <laughs> we were a little tired. We we're like, this is kind of a lot. But every time we would hold Ezra, we would feel like, where's the baby? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Somebody was missing. And then we had Devin, who's my youngest daughter. And when she was there, like, we feel like they're all here now. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. It's like you had a feeling like, okay. I'm done. We feel complete. Our family feels like it's whole. We don't. We're good. Yes, absolutely. So no mm. baby number six, no two boys. You I know? mean, you can never know. I mean, <laughs> I, I would be a little overwhelmed at first, but then I'd be like, all right, this is just what we're doing. But yeah, and I forgot to say, so I have four girls and one boy, mm-hmm. and they're eight, six, four, three, and nine months. So Okay. All right. And now we feel like complete. this is it. Because that's possibly. seven total in the house, right? And seven means completion. Correct? Okay. Seven people. Oh, yeah, see? Oh. I feel better about being done. <laughs> I feel better about being done. Oh, seven people. <laughs> Y'all see what I did there? <laughs> come, mm. come on. Mm. <laughs> Y'all don't want none of this. No, I'm joking. So let's get right into it. So we talked about homeschooling, and you're homeschooling all five of your kids. And so what made you make that decision? Like, okay, I'm going to homeschool my babies. And for those who don't know, she does have a um, prior education background as well. So from a teacher's perspective, Mm -hmm. um, like what made you say, nope, my kids are not going to school. I'm doing this myself. myself." And then um, what are some things that you absolutely love about homeschooling? And then what are some things you kind of dislike? Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is I never planned to homeschool, actually. I actually was very hard on the other side. I was sure we were going to public school. Um, And so with my oldest, Brooklyn, we started in public school. She went to kindergarten, and it was fine, right? She was a little ahead because she just started reading early. She, (laughs) you know, she was one of those people. She does everything fast, right? But we kind of knew that because as a teacher – I, I just kind of knew she was going to be a little ahead. But her kindergarten year is when COVID hit. Okay. And so they put everything online. And so we finished that year, and her teacher was great. She really just let me do whatever I wanted with her at right. home. But so the next year, oh, most of the things were online still, and I just couldn't get with that, right? right? She was only in first grade. I felt like it's so much meaningful when you're sitting with someone. Yeah. So I said, let's just homeschool for the year. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Um and then we ended up loving a lot about it, which was so funny because you have to know I was not for homeschooling. Like, I actually feel a little bad about how much I was not for it. Right. <laughs> um, but we ended up loving a lot about it. And then we moved from Boston to Savannah to plant a church, and they were having a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's just keep this consistent for one more year. Okay. And then I loved more and more about it. So here I am like, well, I never thought I was going to be a homeschool mom, but here I am. So... We'll just see, and I can't even say I'll do it through high school. I don't know. We're trying to go right. one year at a time and mm-hmm. kind of hold it with an open hand. So That's fair. Love it. Yeah. So what are some things you love about it? Okay, so I think my favorite thing about it is um, the flexibility and pace okay. and content, right? So coming from a public school background, and I was a special educator, mm-hmm. But you have a pacing guide, and they want you to get through certain things in the year at a certain pace, and the pace doesn't always match the kid's progress, right? Ooh. So then you have some kids you're, like, pulling along. They're, they're not keeping up, but you just have to pull them along, right. and then some kids are, are bored. 
And I love that in homeschooling, I don't have that pacing guide, right? I can look at where they're at, and I can slow down if they need me to, and we can jump ahead if they need me to. Mm-hmm. And um, then the, go ahead. Yeah, dislike. What do you dislike about? Well, wait, I'll tell you one more thing. I okay. Like. Oh, so, okay, sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, you're I fine, because I have some dislikes. So I'm like, <laughs> let me do some positives. But um, so with that, too, I like that. I get to have some more flexibility with content, right? So, uh-huh. sorry, hit the mic. No. But in school, you know, in third grade, you learn about this. In fourth grade, you learn about this. At homeschool, I can, if they're really interested in something, like, let's learn about that. Yeah. Let's go. Let's dig into that. Because mm-hmm. when a kid is interested, it's so much more meaningful for mm-hmm. them, right? So I like that. And then the other thing is you just have more time, right? I have more time with them. There's more time for them to explore, right? There's more time for them to create, play, be bored, and have to figure out what to do with themselves. And so, like, my oldest um, has written stories. She's created games. And I think I love that learning just kind of becomes a part of your lifestyle. It's not really like learning is for school time. I love that. So, yeah. So, what does a full day schedule look like for you all? Like, where does social interaction come into play how do you go about selecting curriculum like what does a full day look like yeah so the full day is um it's a full day but mm-hmm. I will say first let me start with socialization because that was the number one thing I was worried about right, right? Mm-hmm. even this past summer we were saying are we going to continue are we going to put them in school because we were like they have to be around people right mm-hmm. and so there's something to be said right socialize socialization doesn't just happen when you're around like your same age peers right right? socialization is knowing how to interact with an adult knowing how to be kind to a baby or a younger person that's annoying you and losing their mind right right? Mm -hmm. so I know it's more broad but I really wanted them to have friends Mm -hmm. so what we have done is we go to a co-op every Tuesday and they're um with other kids that are homeschooled and they're in their own class and we're there from nine to one, they do lunch, they play. Hmm. And then um, we go home and then they also do extracurriculars. And this year, since I have five kids, <laughs> I feel like it's easier to just say, all y'all are going to do tennis. All y'all are going to do this. <laughs> but right. this year we were like, they need space yeah. to be who they are. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So we let them pick. And so some of them did soccer. Some of them did dance. Some of them did basketball. Um, so that's one way they get socialization too and then our church is great and there's a lot of kids there Mm -hmm. but not a lot but for the size we are Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of kids okay so I have a a question about co-op what is that exactly can you break that down so co-op is when a bunch of families come together and the moms kind of lead it so different moms are in charge of different classes and all of them work Mm -hmm. differently but it's essentially a lot of moms working together to teach each other's kids. Oh, that's cool. It, it kind of and how did a you, bunch of different kinds. How did you engage with a co-op? Like, how did you go about finding one? So, you know, I had to look, and we're trying one this year, um, and the moms are very nice. I'm not sure it's exactly the right one for us, mm-hmm. but you just have to look because um, there's a few of them in certain places. There's more, but to me, honestly, there wasn't as many options here. Yeah. So I found one that was available, and I had to just kind of, Kevin and I just had to say, we, we just have to try it. You're not going to know if it works for us until we mm-hmm. try it. Right. But, That's fair. You know. Okay, so being at home with your babies pretty much all day, right, because you're homeschooling, how do you find time for yourself? Yeah, that's the <laughs> question. I already told Kevin, I said, uh, I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So I will say I'm 
kind of terrible about self-care. But I was that way even when I was working. So I am trying to figure it out. Kevin says to me all the time, he says, you make homeschooling work for everybody else. You can make it work for you too. Mm -hmm. That sounds like Kevin. I know, because Kevin, he (laughs) helps me a lot, right? So I'm trying to figure out during the week how I can make time for me. Because it's good for me and it's good for them. Mm -hmm. Like they really need space where I'm not in charge of them or hovering. Um, So I'm trying to figure that out. But what I have done is I've tried to figure out things that I really love Mm -hmm. and make sure I'm doing them somewhere in the in the week. Like I love reading for pleasure. I love taking baths. I love sitting down and writing something. I love, you know, honestly, sometimes just having time to sit and Mm -hmm. nobody is speaking to me. So I'm going to hold you accountable, yeah. Kelsey. <laughs> we we are an accountability group. Yeah, we um, are. And we, we challenge ourselves with taking care of ourselves, and we hold each other accountable in that space, and we're going to do the same for you. No, I'll take it. Because <laughs> Devin knows. She's looking at me because she knows I'm not good at it. It's really easy for me to be busy and just be like, I'll just do it. I'll just help. I'll just, and it's like, you're going to burn out. Yeah. Yeah, we don't so. want that to happen. So, um, Kelsey, you are a mama of biracial children. How has, like, how has that experience been for you? Like, what has been some of the nicest things someone has said to you about your family dynamic? What are some of the craziest things you've seen and heard about your family dynamic? What is that experience like for you having biracial children? So I'll say there's definitely... I would say overall, a lot of people are very encouraging. Mm -hmm. We get told a lot that we have a beautiful family, and a lot of people are very encouraging. But then, you know, you always have some people that do the stares, and you can tell they're mad about it. Mm -hmm. Like Kevin just told me he took our third daughter on a date the other day, and this older white couple were staring at them, and they were just clearly very upset, Mm -hmm. which it's just disheartening, right, that that Mm -hmm. still happens. But I will say the craziest things I honestly get is questions about whether I'm their mom or not, Mm. right? I remember being in line at the grocery store with all the kids, and I'm like, these are kids I I did a lot of work (laughs) for, right? Um, And Kevin and I are there, and the lady's like looking back and forth of us, and she goes, are you their mama? And I'm like, I am. She looks at Kevin, she's like, are you the dad? And I'm like... He is, but wouldn't it be kind of awkward if not? Like, it's not your really your business. Exactly. And then I can't tell you how many times I've been at the park and somebody's talking to me for a while and then they realize they're like, oh, you're their mom. I was sure you were their nanny. And I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I, I guess you're that too. I mean. <laughs> I like, okay. So, but I would say even more so than that, I honestly get the most negative things about the number of kids I have uh-huh. or the number of girls I have. So, you know, people have things to say about. Like, well, how can you control yeah. Yeah. what like, the sex of your children and how many you desire to exact. have? That's not oh. they not paying your bills. <laughs> oh, you have some. Oh my gosh, so many girls. Oh, poor Ezra. You know, and I'm like, Ezra is so well taken care of by these girls. <laughs> right. And then it's like, I remember even getting pregnant. They're like, Ooh, hope this one. I hope it works out again. Okay for you. Or mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I wanted these kids. Right. I'm not sorry. But I would say the South is actually, since we moved to the South, people are more positive. Mm-hmm. Up North, I think having more than two kids, it was like. I am shocked. You're oh, crazy. Well, up North having more than two kids, that does make sense because the w- dynamic of like apartments and houses, it's just smaller. Mm-hmm. The it's way that expensive. Yeah. it's set up. Yeah. Yeah. It's expensive. I mean, I, at this point, I feel like it's expensive to live anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I would have certainly, 
assumed that your experiences have been more in quote negative in the south because of the nature of the south the culture of the in quote i'm putting culture in quote of the south um well i would say with race it is mm -hmm. it's more bold here right okay but up north it was it's actually more segregated than you would think i think our biggest problem up north it wasn't that people were rude but it was that you couldn't find people that looked like them Mm -hmm. right it was so much more segregated than you would think and I like vividly remember Brooklyn she's my oldest being young and we were at the Museum of Science and there was this little girl that looked like her another biracial girl Brooklyn's like following this girl around the museum like what's going on and she goes mommy mommy she looks just like me mom and I was like it kind of broke my heart I'm like Gosh, I guess you don't see yourself yeah. mm-hmm. as much. And I was like, this that's a problem. Yeah. We need to kind of work on that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's more what it is. People are more bold to be rude down here mm-hmm. to give you a glare. But up north, I don't think people necessarily care Yeah. if, you know, everybody's around each other or not. They're kind of happy to live in their bubble. Yeah, so. I can see that. Absolutely. Okay, so we kind of talked about you having biracial children. So when you talk about that, hair, <laughs> hair, right? So your girls have a lot of hair. Yeah, four your girls. Son, yeah. They have beautiful curly hair, different textures too. It's not all the same. Mm-hmm. Some is a little bit more coarse than others. And, you know, so what are some tips for moms who may be just like you, you know, a Caucasian woman with, um, African-American children, and, of course, their hair is different, right? So mm-hmm. I know you personally, like, you braid their hair. You do all kind of stuff with it. things I can't even do. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, wait, you learn how to braid? <laughs> like, teach me. Yeah, but, I don't know how to yeah, braid. <laughs> um, but, yeah, what are some tips for moms? Because we've gotten some questions okay. like mm-hmm. that from moms who um, may not know how to do hair. Well, I think – The first tip is you need to ask questions, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't know what you're doing, you just have to ask because there's no shame in not knowing what to do. It's kind Mm -hmm. of because I have met moms who's like, I don't know what to do with their hair, so I just like, they need to figure it out. And to me, that, yeah, that didn't sit well for me, right? So I asked a lot of questions. I have a lot of um, friends that are African-American that I would ask. I'd ask my mother-in-law. I'd read a lot online. Um, But the other thing is you just, you have to try, Mm -hmm. right? And you have to know you're going to try something and it might not be the best at first. Like I I remember looking up this style and um, I did on Brooklyn board. I thought I I was being so careful doing all these nice parts. I like (laughs) took my time and it did not look great. I mean, it looked like a lot of spider. I don't know what I did wrong, (laughs) right? But I called one of my best friends, Delane, who's actually been on the show, but, Uh and I was like, Delane, I was on Facebook. I'm like, you need to look. I said, I don't know what to do. I don't want to take it out, but it's it's kind of terrible. <laughs> and she was so nice. She's like, it's not as bad as you think. She's like, but this is what you need to do next time, right? right? And she gave me a tip. But And then I did it other times, and it looked great. So it's, you have to keep trying, and you have to give yourself room to learn. You can't just say, oh, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can if you want to. Yeah. But to me... You want to embrace their hair um, and get them involved, too. Like, sometimes I'll find pictures that I think I can do. Mm-hmm. Say, which one do you want to try? Mm. Um, to just show them, like, their hair is fun. They can try a lot of different things with it. And 
you just have to try. And if you don't know, look it up. There's a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. out there. I'm so glad you said that because growing up, like I was taught, I don't know, Ken, probably you too, your mom's a whole hairstylist, but um, that our hair is our crown, right? And we protect Mm -hmm. it. We make it look pretty and we're proud of it, no matter Mm -hmm. what it looks like, right? And for other moms to be like, you just deal with it. That's early on starting like self-hate almost because- They may look a mess, right? Yeah. And it's like they don't have the confidence. So mm-hmm. you're already instilling that in your girls. Like, no, you're beautiful. Let's embrace this and mm-hmm. giving them choices. Like, I love that. Yeah. So I um, I have a, a friend from um, graduate school. She is a white woman. Um, but she has either, I'm not sure if it's her niece or her cousin. It's a, a family relative that she has, I believe, full custody of. And she called or text. I think she called me one day and she was she wasn't distraught, but she just she had questions because this relative of hers came home. The girl is young enough to she's a young girl, but she's old enough to understand and have self-esteem. Right. And a lot of her peers were um, white girls and boys and her hair, her appearance did not look like her peers. And she was really concerned because this really shot down that little girl's self-esteem. And she wanted to try so many hairstyles with her hair. She didn't know what to do. She's like, I've been on YouTube. I've been contacting. Her husband is also a black man. So she's been reaching out to his family. And she's just been tapping into as many resources as she could to make sure this little girl had a life that was fulfilled and her self-esteem was high and she didn't feel like she didn't fit, right? So I absolutely, like, let's talk about it. I'm here. If you need anything, I will talk to your cousin, niece, whoever she is. Like, if I could be a part of that, I absolutely would. So hats off to you and all mamas out there who are trying to figure this out because it's hard doing little girl's hair. <laughs> it is. Yes, yes. Like, it's not easy. So, um, but yes, I'm sending all love and hugs to those little girls and mamas out there. That was well, good. We friend. appreciate it yeah. because I always tell people, I said, I am not going to be offended about this. Even if you just notice something, it could be done better. Just tell me mm-hmm. because it'll be out of me not knowing. Yeah. So we appreciate it. Yeah. So as far as like, okay, you talking about like instilling different cultures um, with your children, like how do y'all find that balance with that, right? So that's my first question. And two, um, have your children ever asked you about race and realized that they're different from their peers? And how did you navigate that? Like, what was that conversation like? What did you tell them? The first part was how do we balance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, instill both cultures. Yeah. Your cultures, because some things may be different in the African-American community. Mm -hmm. Um, So what does that look like for y'all? I will say that instilling both cultures was a bit of a learning curve for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was I think I was more sensitive at the beginning, which I'm a little embarrassed to say, but it was true. If Kevin said something to me about something I was reading them or showing them, I would feel like, well, it's not bad that there's white people. Right. And he but the point was they're going to see white things without even trying Mm -hmm. right so his point was more like Hmm. and we always tried from the beginning but that we really have to try very hard to make sure they're being represented which as soon as I caught that I'm like absolutely I don't know why I was being sensitive and ridiculous about it 
But so one thing we try really hard is to make sure they are represented, right? We love reading books. And so we have tons of books um, with people of color in it. And it's not just, I think there's wonderful historical books that are so important for them to see their history told from um, the right perspective, right? And there's so many great historical books out there. But I'd also say the books um, where they're just everyday life, Mm -hmm. right? So they're not just seeing themselves in history, but they're seeing themselves in the everyday main characters that are saving the world, Mm -hmm. that are finding the unicorn in the middle of the forest, right? That they are there. So one of the biggest things we do um, is we are very mindful about books and movies. And then the other thing um, is making sure we've, we've tried really hard to find people like doctors Mm -hmm. and the people who cut their hair that that look like them because we want them to know to see themselves in their roles too right Mm -hmm. so to see themselves in like peer level but also in leadership roles so that's one of the um the biggest thing and then the other thing is talking to them about both upbringings right make sure they're having time around both families not just my family um or whichever family's closer, but making sure they're getting the wide, like the wide range of their family, so they can get those pieces of um, culture that are just naturally instilled mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm. families. Um, and then the second, what was the remind? If they me ever the asked you about race, um, mm-hmm. and if they did, like, what was that conversation like? And if they haven't yet, like, how are you preparing yourself <laughs> for that conversation? I will say we talk about it a lot and it's something they notice early on so there was the one thing that happened in the museum that I mentioned but also they would have questions like mom how are you my mom Mm -hmm. because your skin is white and mine is brown how Mm -hmm. can you be my mom right Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. we would talk a little bit about how they're both and that and you know dad is black and mom is white and their skin is brown but they kind of couldn't it really threw them off but so we had conversations about that but I will say we always try to have like age appropriate candid conversations with them because we know things are going to come up. But I will say, um, I'll never forget when George Floyd happened. Mm. They, um, somebody talked about it at church and they heard it and they caught it. And so one day when Kev went to the store, my second daughter, Quinn, she just started falling about falling apart crying because she was like what if you don't come home how do I you know how do I know you'll come home and so we really had to dig into it and and talk to them about it um which for Kevin Kevin was like for me I was like I hate that this is a discussion they have to have but Kevin was like but they have to Mm -hmm. and it just makes you realize so all parents should be having that conversation Mm -hmm. whether you have kids of color or not because Mm -hmm. It would probably make a difference it would. if everybody was aware from the time they were little. So th- that happened. Um, and then I will say homeschooling, we have a lot of conversations about it because we read a lot of things about history that are told from different perspectives. And you don't need to teach kids um, when something's wrong, right? You instill a value in them and we'll read something and they'll go, that wasn't right. How did they come take all their land? Or that wasn't right, mom. They're treating them like my kid. They're treating them like property. And it's so it's kind of like we really try to put the information in front of them mm-hmm. and they they process it. And it's very they'll talk to you a lot about it. Um, 
And so, I, I mean, I wish, and I'm sure you guys feel it in a very different way, like personally and while raising kids, I wish there were conversations we did not have to have. But yeah. we're trying to create a space early on so they can have it. They know they can come have it with us when they need to. So, <sighs> Yeah, especially with raising black boys, mm-hmm. uh, which all three of us can relate to. Um, the world sees them differently than they see you or even me uh, or us. And I'm not looking forward to the days where we have to have those conversations with Eli. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you can say the same about Drew and Jay and um, and your boy too, Kelsey. Yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a prayer I pray every night. I pray over them and asking the Lord to really – have the world see them as just regular people and mm-hmm. not as a threat. And it's scary to even think about, um, but it's something I pray for because I do hope for change. And um, I hope they don't have to experience some of the things we've experienced or seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I just pray the Lord keeps them protected and every little black boy out there, not just mine. Yeah. yeah. So. Absolutely. So who? our last question for you. And we, I, I think this might be a part of that challenge that I, I talked about earlier. But who is Kelsey McKenzie? Oh, you know, it's interesting about that question. I had to, this is real quick, but I had to write a bio for our church website. Mm-hmm. And my best friend <laughs> called me and was like, we need to have a best friend intervention. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I read that. And I'm like, where is Kelsey? Mm-hmm. Where's my best friend? It's so much about like who you are within your family. Mm-hmm. But who are you? So you're right. You're very smart. I got to, like, <laughs> work on that, right? But um, who am I? I, you know, I love, I can tell you what I love. I love raising my kids. I love God. I love reading. That is something that's really come back for me for full circle. I love reading. I love music. Mm-hmm. She's I love, quite the singer. No, I do. Really? Yeah, Kelsey can I sing. didn't know that. I just do it for now until we have a worship leader. Um, but we... I love to dance. I love to have fun. I love to try new things. And so I think I um, am trying to make more space to do those things, right? Like to go explore. And I, you know what I love to do too? I love to eat. I mean, mm. Savannah, I'm so mm-hmm. glad to not. Yeah. Sorry, anybody who lives in Boston. Savannah just has much better food. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> all about it. I'm like, we might not be able to take all the kids. Because it's expensive, yeah. but me and Kevin can go. <laughs> yes, indeed. So. And I'll watch the babies anytime. No, then they would love that. Hey, so, friend, it's time for Mama Juice. It is. So, I honestly, I did not have a name for today's drink. But I there's a sign in front of me right now. And it says, you got this. And I feel like that sign resonates with what we're talking about in this conversation. Not and just with us. it's usually displayed. I, we forgot to put it up. But yeah. it's in front of us. But we, we, <laughs> that sign sits with us. Like, we... We really believe that. And for some reason, my spirit spoke to having that name or, or title as today's cocktail is You Got This. I like it. So I learned that Kelsey likes wine coolers. If she drinks. If she drinks. If she drinks, she'll have a wine cooler. So I'm like, let me see what I can make that's kind of like a wine cooler. 
So I actually, surprisingly, I like this drink. It's really good. And I don't know if it's because of the mint that's in it or what, but it is something that you can just casually sit back and just like sip. So it has three ounces of sparkling wine, two ounces of orange liqueur, and it has muddled strawberries and blackberries and mint. So if you mix the strawberries, blackberries, mint, and orange liqueur in a shaker, you can shake it all up with ice, pour it in a glass, and then top it with the sparkling wine, and then garnish it with mint. I love the extra mint, yeah. and I think this is really good. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Yes, really good. and for the mamas to be, or the mamas who don't drink alcohol, you can still enjoy this beverage. You'll just use sparkling wine, or not sparkling wine, sparkling white grape juice, mm -hmm. and you'll use a non-alcoholic triple sec to serve as the orange liqueur. So with the stra strawberries, blackberries, and mint muddled, mix all that up with the non-alcoholic triple sec, and then you pour it over ice, and you top it with the sparkling white grape juice. It's really good. Really good. So now it's time for my favorite segment <laughs> of the show, and that's Mama's Corner. So if this is your first time listening, Mama's Corner is an opportunity for us to connect with our guests, with our listeners, and basically you all write into us, and you can share a mama hack. You can share mama juice. You can you can vent if you want to, um, <laughs> and you can ask us for advice. Now, we're no experts, so we only share based on our, our experiences, mm -hmm. but we are happy to share nonetheless. Um, for Mama's Corner, since we have such a specific uh, topic today, I want to circle back around homeschooling, right? Mm -hmm. With the pandemic and things like that, like a lot, uh, many more parents are deciding to homeschool their children. So Kelsey, what advice or tips do you have for parents who may be on the, I don't know, maybe I'll do it, maybe I'll not, maybe I won't, I don't know. Like what tips do you have for them to get started or really things they can consider to move forward or not. Okay, so one of my favorite things to do is something called morning basket. Some people just call it morning time, but we do it every morning at the beginning of our school day. And so we do go to the co-op once a week, but every other day we're at home, and we do it at the beginning of the day, and essentially it's a time where all the kids are together no matter what age, and we read aloud books, we read our Bible, we read aloud books, we memorize poetry. That's where we'll do a science experiment. Maybe we'll look at something on the map. But you put all the, so you have reading and reading, writing, and math, which everybody's going to be on different levels for that. You can't, it's harder to do all together. Mm -hmm. But morning time is where you put all of those things that are more just like content related. Mm -hmm. And so everybody can do an experiment. They can't do it to the same level, right? but they'll get something from it. So you put all of that good stuff that um, they can access and that you might forget to do during the day. You put it all there and you do it all together. And I will just say that's my favorite. Kev has this joke that he's like, boy, no matter what's happening, Kelsey's going to do morning time. It's like, wait, mm -hmm. we got to go to the emergency room? Hold on. We need to do morning time first. <laughs> right. But it, I love it because um, I will say – it's just nice to have them all together. Mm -hmm. And, of course, if they're little, they might be drawing while you're reading. Right. They might not. They can't read the poem you're memorizing, but I promise you, after they're listening a bunch of times, all of a sudden, Ezra Who's Three can say it, right? right. But it's a time to be all together. And I, depending on how many kids you have, it can be hard to get to all of their educational needs all day. So mm -hmm. that, putting them all together, really helps you. 
So that's my biggest hack. When you can combine your kids, mm-hmm. do it. And then I just want to give an encouragement. Like, I, if you're considering homeschooling, I would say I love it, but it is hard, mm-hmm. right? You have to deal with the attitudes is the hardest thing, right? You're, like, looking <laughs> at them like, I really love you, and I'm trying so hard to do these great things for you, and you are being the worst to me right now, <laughs> yeah. right? And then your house can be kind of messy because you're in it all day long. But I will say, if you feel like that might be right for your family, there's a lot of sweet stuff with it. Yeah. You know, you get a lot of time, you get a lot of flexibility. And so I I think, you know, don't be scared to give it a shot, right? I just didn't want to paint, you know, I have this beautiful picture in my head of what it should look like. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like that. You know, there's more crying and reality <laughs> and more mess, but I just want to <laughs> encourage you, don't don't be scared. Right. right? Yeah. Um know give it a go I think it's it's worth it if it's something you you desire to do love it I love that feedback well Kelsey is not on social media but I thought it'd be cool (laughs) because she reads a lot of books right so I thought it'd be cool she can give us like her top three books and then we'll list the other ones in our description box but of things she allows her children to read to kind of identify in themselves and see themselves in those books since they all love reading I thought that'd be cool Mm-hmm. Yes, I love it. And I did type up a list. It ended up being longer than I expected, but just <laughs> I typed up a bunch of titles from our library um, just because I know it can be hard to find online. I will say my top favorite book series is called Anna Hibiscus, mm-hmm. and there's eight books in all. My oldest and I have read them all, but now we're going back through as a whole family, including Dad. Okay. <laughs> and we've read the first four again, but it's about a little girl Um, who lives in Africa, and her dad is African, and her mom is white, and they live with their whole family, like cousins, grandma, grandpa, and in this compound, and they're just beautiful stories, because it doesn't skirt hard issues, Okay, but it talks about them in a very child-friendly way, so first of all, the characters are funny, but they're also going to deal with poverty, and they're going to talk about when she visits her grandma in Canada, how she has a weird interaction because she looks different from them. But they're just great books. I love them so much. So the Anna Hibiscus series is one. Um, dang, three. Uh, we can we can uh, list them out. It no sounds pressure. like Anna no. Hibiscus, Hibiscus is a series, a series of books. So, so that could be your three books. <laughs> See, well, you know, another good one I'll say real quick, and you've probably heard of it, but because we were talking about hair. Do you, have you heard of the book Hair Love? Yes, yes. 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 So that's that's a great one okay. that my kids really loved. Um, and then there's so many good yeah, ones. Just good look, at, look at the love. notes. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, friend, how can they find us on the socials? <laughs> so since Kelsey's not on social media, I guess we have to be. Um, our social handles are at the Real Mama Pod, and that's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Pinterest. And if you're interested in our personal lives, I'm at Kendra Ferg underscore. And I'm at Dev Grace underscore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. If you're interested in Mama's Corner, you can always email us at mama at the com. If you want to get some merch, some mama merch uh, or auntie merch, you can check out our website, um, com. And lastly, Please rate, review, share, write, all that. Wherever you stream your podcast, do that for us. It helps <laughs> us grow. Absolutely. So, until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.